Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of Healthcare's Missing Link, a podcast where we help you uncover those things that are stealing your best health. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Sherwood, as always. And today, we're going to talk about something that's very much in the news today that's very much affecting everybody's health through the generation of an incredible amount of stress, controversy, conflict, and argument, that being the election. Oh my goodness. So we're going to talk about this and I've entitled this uh, sort of talk Election 101. And I want to take it from several angles and I want to start out with um, a different idea uh, of something called the elect or whoever wins the election is kind of called the elected or the elect. These representatives, these senators, they, they, these legislators, they are the elect. The uh, president, he is the president elect the vice president elect, et cetera. So with that said, and with that context, and then I'm going to dive into some other things about the election proper, but we're going to talk about the idea of the elect. And I'm going to use a couple of scriptures here and I'm going to use the Bible as a background. Now I don't know, or really doesn't matter what you think or believe about the Bible, but we know that um, as believers in the author of the Bible, we would say that that's the word of God. But other side of the coin is we might say that that's a good book and it has some good uh, philosophical advice to give. So with that said, let me dive into two verses on the idea of the elect that are found in Mark chapter 13, verse 20, and then also verse 22. And I quote from verse 20, if the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. Verse 22 of Mark 13, for false messiahs and false prophets will appear and perform signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. So in this context, obviously the background is, this is talking about the um, uh, great tribulation or the time in which um, uh, believers and really the world will be in great turmoil and peril. Uh, Some would say we might be there in these days. Some may not. But either way, that's what we're talking about in this context. But this word, these two words, the elect, what does that mean in this area? Well, it means that it's these people who God has chosen. These people who are chosen by God, in other words, he revealed himself to them and they uh, yielded to his identification, believing that, uh, you know, who God is, that Jesus is his son, that he came to this earth, that he died and rose again, and that because of that, if the elect or the believers believe that and profess that and allow Jesus to be Lord. In other words, if we vote for him as Lord of our lives, as leader of our lives and commit to him and profess to him with allegiance, then we would be considered in this case as the elect. And that's very important to understand because it's a whole new definition of the elect. Now, this elect I'm talking about is a heavenly elect. It's different than the earthly elect. So there's two different things going on. The earthly elect, which is what we're voting for in the election. Then there's the heavenly elect, which are uh, really, if you will, voted for since the beginning of time from an eternal standpoint. So these are people that are the elected ones that are going to have an eternal position of uh, uh, a sort of eternal position of position in the place of heaven. And that's a very big deal to understand, because when you talk about this, 
under the context of the question, who are you voting for? I think a better question perhaps might be the idea of who voted for you. In this case, this elect, we're talking about, you know, God, uh, actually, um, Jesus, if you will, cast his vote for us, because in this idea, you know, Jesus is uh, standing before God, and we know that we are sinful, but Jesus died for our sins. So because of that, God looks at us as perfect because Jesus sacrificed himself. His blood covers our sins. So God looks at us as as pure, as clean. Therefore, we are part of the elect. And I hope you understand that. Now, that's the election from a heavenly realm or an eternal realm. That may be too much for you, maybe too deep for you. I don't know. But the bottom line is that is true. That's an election of sort. And I believe that I am part of the elect. So I believe I hold an office that is a heavenly office. This is a kingdom office. And I'm not concerned at all, uh, really, about the election. Don't take that wrong, because I know where my home is once I leave this earth. So whatever happens to the earth if I die, whatever, tomorrow or die in uh, 50 years from now, it, it's irrelevant. I know where my eternal home is. So for that reason, am I concerned about the election? Are we concerned about the election? Well, certainly yes. But am I consumed with the election? Absolutely not, because I'm not consumed because it's not going to change my election. I hope you caught that. It's not going to change my election. So there's the election and then there's my election. I know that I am part of the elect. Now, let's pull back a little bit. Let's go to this election. We're talking about an election uh, really for, uh, you know, many, many um, Senate seats, many um, House of Representatives, I guess, would be the case, and even many um, uh, of the president. Of course, we talk about that. Now, whenever you listen to this podcast, obviously, you know that the election is coming up in a few days. Uh, there will be a winner, and there will be someone who did not win. Um, both candidates have positions. Now, with that said, I want to give you four concepts to really understand, and I'm calling this Election 101. This is what you need to understand. So this is going to be an election guide from Dr. Michelle and I so that you don't allow your health to go downhill and be declined because of being consumed with this election. So I'm asking you to not be consumed with the election. I'm asking you to simply cast your vote, which is your right, which is a responsibility, which is a wonderful opportunity in the democracy that is called the United States of America. So with that said, let's dive into these Four concepts or four ideas that will help guide you with election decisions. Election 101. Here we go. Uh, number one is this. I want you to vote for principles, not the person. What I mean by that, uh, you know, obviously there are people that are running for office, that are running for elected offices. They're not perfect. I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. So get over that. People are not perfect. Do not vote for the person vote for the principles. If you vote for the person, the person's going to disappoint you. And that goes in life too. If you trust somebody to be your saving grace, or your salvation, or another human being, they will disappoint you. They will let you down. Now, I hope I never let you down, but I'm telling you, friends, that I am capable of letting you down because uh, I am capable of every good thing and every rotten thing, just like every other human being, male or female on this planet. And that means you too. So again, we need to understand that people are not perfect. So you need to vote for principles. The principles are the guiding thing. 
does this person or does this group that represents the person that's going to be in power, do they represent or align closely with the majority of the principles in which you stand or which you believe? If they do, that's probably the place to lean to cast your vote. Again, not for the person, but the principles. If they don't, that's probably not the place you want to cast your vote because the principles could be represented by the person and their actions. Therefore, those principles might become contrary to your principles as a general rule, and that would disagree with your principles. So you need to vote with your principles. That's number one. Number two is this. You want to vote from your heart and your convictions and disregard media influence. I'm going to say that one more time. I want you to catch that. You're going to vote from your heart and your convictions while disregarding media influences. Media is biased. Now, I'm not knocking the media. This is not a negative media statement or a media bashing, bashing podcast. This is clear. We as human beings, we tend to have bias. Bias can appear in many different ways, in many different walks of life. I have biases. You have biases. The media has biases. The media is driven by human beings who have biases. I already talked about human beings' um, persistence in potential failure. We all have that. We all have biases, so the media can be biased. You can spin stories one way or the other. What are your convictions and what is your heart? What is your heart saying to you? What does it say? What are the convictions that you say, this is a non-negotiable for me? Some people, just as an example, I, I, I'm not going to form a, a side here, but some people would say that I'm totally against abortion. Some people would say we're, I am for abortion on demand. And whatever the case may be, I respect you. That would be a conviction. Some people would say that I believe in prayer in schools. Some people would say, absolutely not. Let's separate church and state. You know, some people would believe that everybody has a right to a certain salary in the in the United States, and everybody should get paid the same regardless of how you work, because we believe in equality under that definition of equality. Other people would say, nonsense. You work hard, you should make more money. If you don't work, you don't eat. I mean, there's people on both sides of that coin. What are your convictions? There are people that say out there we should defund the police. Now, let's define that. Some people might take that to a stream. They say, let's defund the police and have citizen police um, officers. There's other people that might take a different varied approach, maybe a hybrid approach. Say, let's take some money back from the police and use more to community education. Then the third side of that coin is, there's, let's don't defund the police. Let's give them more money to enforce more laws. You know, these convictions, they're strong, they're volatile, and they can be perpetually used to create arguments and disagreements and fights. But they don't have to. These are convictions we have as individuals that are unique to all of us. These are what we vote for. These convictions sit or birth and actually grow in our heart. We all have these deep rooted deep-rooted, get the point, convictions that are very important. We should vote with our heart and our convictions. And don't let meteor stories that you cannot verify. If somebody says they said this, if you didn't hear them say it, that's just clear gossip. 
if you don't know the context, even when you heard them say something and you didn't get a chance to ask them and clarify what they meant, you can't make a decision on that. So don't let potential negative influence from potential bias in media cloud your decision. Vote with your convictions and vote with your heart. The third principle is this, and it's really um, it's, it's a rising above the current climate of anxiety and tension, fear and anger. Number three, when you're talking about voting and the election 101 is this, we should pray for our leaders, all of them, even if they don't match up with your principles, even if they don't match up with your convictions. I'm serious. Stop and pray for them. Pray that God will speak to them and they will hear God's voice. Pray that they'll walk in truth. Pray that they'll know what truth is. And pray that the decisions they make every day, not starting with the government, but starting in their own lives, will be decisions that are pleasing to God. Secondly, that those that those decisions will be pleasing to their family. And third, that those decisions will be pleasing to the government. Because in that hierarchical manner right there, it's not like that. You can make good decisions in the government, poor decisions in your family, and you've just made bad decisions. So we need to pray for our leaders, regardless of where they sit or stand, regardless of their race, regardless of their political affiliation, and regardless of who wins the election. We need to pray for our leaders. The last one is this, and it's something that I really hold in deep conviction. This is number four, election 101. In the concept of the election, be a leader. Be a leader that talks about how to be uh, unified, how to bring peace. Be a peacemaker. Be a dream maker, not a dream taker and a deal breaker, and a word breaker, you, not somebody else, you. Don't depend on someone that's elected to be your leader. You be your leader. You be the leader that you want to be. Whatever you do, however you do it, look yourself in the mirror at the end of the day and say, am I ashamed of anything I did or said? If the answer is no, you just won the day. You were a leader. If the answer is yes, learn. Leaders learn. Leaders learn from mistakes. Leaders don't always learn from winning. Leaders learn learn more from learning how to learn from their mistakes. Put those into practice. Learning from others. Learning from others' mistakes. That's a leader. So be a leader. So let me revisit these things one more time, these four concepts. Number one. Vote for the principles that closely align with what you believe, not the person. Number two, vote from your heart and your convictions, not allowing the media bias potentially to create distraction or undue or negative or inaccurate influence in your life. Number three, pray for your leaders, regardless, regardless of what you do, pray for the leaders that they will hear the voice of God and be directed by him. And number four, be a leader. Yeah, you're going to vote for leaders, but be a leader first. 
being a leader is what the world needs right now. Let me remind you that this country we live in, and I know people listen to this from all the world, but just I want to speak to the United States right now. We're a country of differences. We're a country of multi-races, multi-ethnicities, multi-language. We're a melting pot. We are. When you have a melting pot, not everything is going to be the same. Not everything will agree. But I believe if we get back to the principles that got us where we are as the, what I believe, one of the greatest uh, models of democracy the world's ever known, a land that is prosperous, still has opportunity for anybody to achieve anything, where the American dream is still very much alive, or why would other people want to come here in the first place? No, we're not a democratic nation. No, we're not a Republican nation. We are one nation, one people, one language. And that language is not the spoken language. It's a language of love and hope and dream. If we get back to that one language of love and hope and dreams and see our fellow man and our fellow woman as unique and individualized and different and being okay with that, learning to disagree while still loving each other, learning to disagree while really understanding more of what a person is saying, learning to listen with two ears twice as much as we speak. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth for a reason. Being a nation that's one is being a nation under God. And when we subvert that and put ourselves as a nation above God, we become a nation that's divided and fractured and broken. May we all realize that we can live together under one umbrella called the United States of America, regardless of the election. But that umbrella cannot be a man or a woman or one party or other. It's got to be an umbrella that supersedes everything. It's got to be the eternal umbrella of God himself. May we all put ourselves in that position, submission to God. And at that point, and only at that point will we find peace in the middle of these days. I challenge you to use these four principles we talked about today regarding how you vote, what you do, how you respond to the election proper. Remember, don't let these anxieties of this thing take away your health. Because when the sun comes up the day after the election, if it does, we will all still be here and we'll all have this health thing we have to deal with. And I pray and hope, and Dr. Michelle and I would echo this both, that your health actually increases in optimization over the election. And it can. It can if you purpose to really handle things, just as we talked about. And you won't lose health, but you'll gain health because the greatest gift of all is the gift of life. I hope this has encouraged you today. I hope it's helped you somewhat, and I hope it's given you peace. One thing I always ask you to do after each of these podcasts is to subscribe to find out what and who is coming next. 
And as we always say, don't let the hidden things that you perhaps can't see bog you down and steal your best health. We'll look forward to seeing you on the next edition every week, if you will, with Healthcare's Missing Link. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye.